Baseball 365 Podcast. And here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 60 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can also follow myself on Twitter at JustinHughes365 and Andrew McQuiston, my co-host at AMCQ82. You can follow the join our Facebook group and get in on all of our conversations going on right now at joining the Baseball365 Facebook group. We have over 1,800 members with many posts going on daily about whatever's going on in the news, fantasy advice, trade questions, and any league openings. If you're ever wanting to join a league or get in a dynasty league, there's usually somebody talking about openings or trying to find a league and maybe able to find yourself a good group to get in a league with. Or if not that, you'll be able to find a great community just to bounce ideas off of. If you would like to support the show, you could leave us a rating on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. And also, if you take a screenshot of that rating and send it to me on Twitter, either to the Baseball365Pod Twitter or my own personal Twitter, or just send me a message on Messenger, you can find me in the Baseball365 Facebook group. Just send me a message with that screenshot. And we're going to get you added into a drawing. And at the end of this month, we're going to give a t-shirt, a Baseball 365 t-shirt out to one of our listeners. And this is part two of the second base breakdown. Andrew is going to join me here in a moment as we cover the rest of the second baseman going, moving from where we cut off last episode all the way down, talking about some rookies and answering some more questions. So let's just jump into it. Enjoy. We'll move on to number 16, and this is one that I'm interested to talk about. Well, actually, I'll have, did we finish that last group? Yeah, we did. So we'll move 16 to 19. All these guys seem interesting to me. Garrett Hampson. At 171 overalls, the 16th second baseman on the board. His teammate, Ryan McMahon, who's second base, third base eligible, is at 186. Kevin Newman with the Pirates is at 194, also second base shortstop eligible. And Brandon Lau with the Rays is at 196 overall. Four very interesting names to me. Andrew, which guy are you taking first in this group? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like this group a lot. I would probably take Hampson of the four. Um, I do like Newman some, but I do also think that, like, I think that McMahon and Brandon Lau are probably safer bets for playing time. I just think mm-hmm. that with Hampson and Newman, there's a little bit more intrigue with the speed and stuff, and I would probably go that route in this spot of the draft. So, yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably take uh, Hampson or Newman. I think they're they're close. Yeah, I think Newman's my pick. I just – the mix of the power and speed, and I just feel a little better about the playing time than I do Hampson. If you told me Hampson was going to even start the year with that starting gig – with a starting spot, I probably would be saying Hampson, even if it didn't mean he was going to finish with it. But God, I just do not trust the Rockies. And I made this mistake a year ago, but we, we were both real big on Hampson and had a, he had a rough start there with a couple first couple weeks. And next thing we knew he was playing in triple a a month later. And I just do not trust the Rockies to get him playing time. But man, he seems like an exciting player. If he can get that playing time. And he finished. He finished really strong last year, and maybe that'll be enough to get him it. But I just, I don't know. And I looked to see where his ADP was last year because I was curious, and it was 183, so it was pretty close to the same spot. And I, I just don't understand how 
he burns he he burned everybody last year and he finished with the strong final month and he's actually going earlier. That just doesn't make sense to me, but I guess I may be in the minority in there. You said it exactly why is because he had the strong final month. That's exactly why. Um <clears throat> few things with Hampson. Since turning pro, 147 stolen bases in 460 games. It roughly averages out to about 50 per season, like over a, about a mm-hmm. full MLB season. That plus cores is why people won't give up on this. Like that combination right there. Obviously, I mean, it is very clear that opportunity is the biggest thing in his way. Mm-hmm. And he's not even right now on roster resource projected to be in those in the lineup. He's on their bench. Uh, I think if Arenado goes, it opens That's a up good thing a lot him. more possibilities. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's definitely interesting here. I'm not as excited about it as I was last year for obviously obvious reasons, but I also just don't want to sit here and act like he can't do it. Like I think that this guy could still blow away this value if, if it all comes together. I mean, it's just, it really is just about him getting the playing time. He got it at the end of the year last year. I think he had a 119 WRC plus in September. I don't know. I mean, the skill set is fantastic for fantasy. It really just comes down to how much he plays. It's clearly hard to trust the Rockies with that. Um, it just depends on how comfortable you are with it in this spot. I wouldn't want to rely. I'll say this. I wouldn't want to rely on him for steals or as like my primary second baseman. I That's a really want- good point. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to be like, oh, I'm short on steals. I'm just going to grab Garrett Hampson here in the 12th round, and now I'm good on steals. Like, no, don't do that. That's the exact (laughs) mistake I made last year. Right. Yeah, I made it in a couple drafts too. But, uh, yeah, just as a complimentary piece, I I just would be uh, aware of, like, who I had in my middle infield spots, and if it's – you know, if you're looking at him as your second base or middle infielder, back him up with somebody else you trust or somebody before this, you know, if you have somebody else, that's probably a good thing. And then that way you don't have to use him. It's more of a luxury because if it does come together, I mean, it could still be big. I feel, I mean, I don't think anything's really changed as far as that goes. It's just, we're more scared of the Rockies being stupid than we were a year ago, you know? That's all it is, but I don't know. I'm tempted to double down here personally. I'm worried about the Rockies being stupid and the sky being blue. Both of them (laughs) seem like they happen every year. Yeah. No, (laughs) I get it. I get it. And one other other quick thing. Less interesting in draft and hold than in, like, uh, regular league, I feel like. That's a good point. That's a real good point. If you're taking in a redraft where you're not drafting him to be your main source of steals, that 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 would be that makes it easier. And the more shallow the league, the the more likely I'd be to take him. Just take right. the stab. Like if or I was in a twelve team league with I'm a I'm a lot more likely to be in on taking him at this price because if it doesn't work, there may be a Kevin Newman sitting out there in free agency or a guy like that. Yeah, or if like uh, if there's like an overall component where it's multiple mm-hmm. leagues together, and you're just kind of shooting for the moon on on this pick, I don't think it's a bad guy to do that with. Just you just got to go into it being aware of the entire situation. I like I said, I do think if Arenado gets traded, he could potentially benefit from that because I think some of the infielders will shift around, and those guys can play multiple positions. A few of them, so. Ryan McMahon's next here. Bob Whitmer asked about his 17 home runs in the second half and does, asked if he has a big bust out this next year. And I did some looking into this one because despite the fact that I own Ryan McMahon in a dynasty league, 
I had no idea he had 17 home runs in the second half. So I did some digging here and really to see if anything changed. And there were some batted ball changes. His hard rate was up 6% and his pull rate went from 29% to 39%. But the alarming things are that his fly ball rate was actually down 3% and his home run to fly ball rate went from 14.9% in the first half to 40.5 in the second half. That right there has me believing that the 17 home run stretch in the second half, Andrew, that might have been a fluke. And so what are your thoughts on McMahon going into this year? I think it's similar to Hampson, just in the sense of position and team, obviously. I mean, different players, clearly. Uh, McMahon doesn't excite me as much for fantasy, but I do think that he's more likely to actually play, which is clearly what we want. Uh, He hit the ball hard a lot. Hard hit percentage was high last year. I think 90th percentile, 91st percentile, something like that. Uh, Walk rates trending up. Got over 10% last year. And he's the projected starter at this moment at second base. Obviously, we know how the Rockies are with that, so it could probably change five times between now and Friday, but (laughs) that's not what it is right now. He was ninth in baseball in home run fly ball percentage. So you could maybe say there's some luck there, but when you combine the hard contact and course field, that's kind of what's going to happen. So, yeah, I think he's fine. I don't think it's like an exceptionally special type of profile, but uh, he's all right here. I think it's. I think I was looking at the uh, auction calculator with the second baseman, and I think it was like right about the right spot. So, I think uh, I think he's fine. If you want to take a shot on some pop, course field, and second base, third base eligibility, I believe so. Yeah, I think he just got third base eligibility near the the last weekend. It was interesting going in that final weekend because I owned him in a dynasty league he had 19 games played at first base and he just got his third base eligibility and I was desperately hoping he would get that 20th game at first base also and he did not get it so he's second base third base eligible but I bet he gets first base eligibility wait who did they sign yeah they've got Daniel Murphy as their first baseman right now I bet he gets first base eligibility this year also in season to where you actually can play him first, second, and third by the second half. Yeah, definitely could. Moving on to Kevin Newman. He had a nice rookie season for the Pirates after you and I were spending all our fab on Cole Tucker early in the year. Kevin Newman showed up about a month later and played 130 games and had a 308 batting average with 12 home runs and 16 steals. So, Andrew, is Newman real or make-believe? I I think he's all right. I mean, puts a lot of balls in play, 11.7% K rate, which is really good, 5.3% walk rate, which isn't good. Um, It's like it's a lot of weak contact. But like I said, puts the ball in play a lot. I think it's a volume guy. I think it's just going to be a guy that gives you a lot of at-bats and gets his numbers based on the fact that he's just getting a lot of at-bats and plate appearances. I think he's going to play. I think he'll run some. Not not a lot of upside here. I don't think that there's really much power at all. But um, he'll be okay. He'll be okay across the board. You know, like batting average, I don't think he's going to hurt you. Steals will help a little bit. I wouldn't expect much power, but he's all right. And I will add, he was 16 for 24 in stolen base attempts. That's not a great percentage to have been caught eight times. It's not terrible. It's not great to where, yeah, I wouldn't be upticking and be projecting 25 home runs or 25 steals by any means out of him. Kind of reminds me a little as I just look at the stats across the board of Gene Zagura and what I think of him at this at this stage of his career. I think they're kind of similar players. Don't stri- Don't strike out too much. Doesn't walk much, gets you some steals, some home runs, but not a great provider of the of 
really not great at anything, but just nice little solid player across the board. Maybe batting average probably, I would say, is his highest of those. And then we got Brandon Lau. Really good first half of the season in Tampa Bay before the injuries with 17 home runs, five steals, and a 270 batting average in those 82 games played. But he also had a 34% strikeout rate, Andrew. So hearing that, what are your thoughts on Lau going into this year? I actually uh, I actually got him in my uh, NFBC league. I think it was round 14-ish, like kind of right around here. Uh, I think he's okay. I, I don't love him. I can't really hit lefties. And they shift him, and uh, I don't know. Tampa just platoons guys so much that, and they obviously have other guys they can use if he just isn't good. I mean, the steamer projection is really bullish on him. Have you seen it? Twenty-five bombs, seven steals. Like I'd be, man, that's a good year for him. Yeah, bats six hundred and eleven right there. Yeah, yeah, give me the well under on that. Plate appearances, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think he's fine. I mean, it's just in this range, it's if you need some power, I think he's okay, but I think he could potentially play himself out of a job if it just all fell apart. I mean, high K rate. Good thing is he's on the right side of the platoon, but like I said, he can't hit lefties, so. It's just kind of a boring guy, I guess, at this point. He's not going to give you a lot of steals. Yeah, I was more excited of a year ago than I am about him now. But who knows? Second, maybe he is able to make the adjustments. But you're right. There are risks of playing time and platoons there. I'll say this. In a dynasty league, I would sell him all day right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I just think I think this year he'll probably be okay, but you start getting like the Francos and the Bruhans and the Xavier Edwards and other guys coming up. I don't know. I just I'm not sure if two years from now Brandon Lau's an everyday middle infielder. I'm just not convinced of that at all. Two years from now, I think they've traded him. Either way, point, either way, I'm I'm not even sure if he is on another team either. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Okay, let's take another break, and then we'll come back, and we'll get into the 20s with the second baseman. Okay, out uh, second baseman twenty through twenty five. Here we go. Number twenty second baseman Colton Wong with an ADP of two twenty four. Number twenty one is Rugned Odor with the Texas Rangers at two twenty nine. And then we got Michael Chavis. 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 I think I did the same thing when we talked about him on the first base podcast. Twenty uh, second overall. He is first base and second base eligibility. And 234 overall, when we already discussed him on the first base pod. Luis Ares, or Arise, another terrible pronunciation. Outfield and second base eligible. 23rd overall second baseman at 235 overall. Cesar Hernandez, who's now the second baseman for the Indians at 277 overall. And finally, Dee Gordon with the Seattle Mariners at 279. So we have quite a few veterans on this list, and we're getting it later on here. Are Would you make any of these guys a middle infielder on one of your drafts? Uh, depending on what I built to that point, I'm fine with I'm fine with these guys, really. I mean, Wong, I think, is nice if you need steals. Odor, if you have a lot of average built up, I think is good, actually. I We can talk a little bit more about him, but um, I don't know. Arias is tough because, like, I like him. I think he's a, a good hitter, but I 
it's such it's so little power and speed that it's just hard to rot like regularly have a guy like that in your lineup that is just only batting average uh-huh. and i think that's what he's gonna be um i've always felt like caesar's a little underrated and agreed d gordon i mean he is what he is at this point did you know d gordon's not even projected to, in the lineup right now uh, i wasn't aware no i read a blurb about a week ago that they were going to move him around between second short and the outfield and I went to roster resource and looked, and Shed Long's their second baseman, and they're just going to float him around. I I don't think he's a starter for the Mariners right now. And that was kind of surprising to me. I think I even took him in a draft and holder. Was definitely interested in taking him down later in drafts, thinking, well, that's some cheap speed. But I guess I didn't realize that's why he's going as late as he is. He doesn't even have a job yeah. right now. Yeah. Surprising on that, on that team too. That's rough. Yes. So we got another question here. Danny Wright asked if Colton Wong could be on the verge of a post-hype mini breakout. Is two eighty with twelve home runs and twenty-five steals, close to a hundred runs scored, a real possibility? Uh, I would say no. I mean, I I wouldn't. Uh, I definitely would project that. I mean, I guess possibility, maybe, but it's probably pushing it. Um, he's right now, they've got him slated to hit second. And I think that's one of those things that if you just look at last year, you may think it would stick. The year before, 332 OBP. He's got like 7 8% walk rate the last couple years. I mean, it's... It's okay, nothing special. Exit velocity for Colton Wong, bottom 2% in baseball. Hard hit hit percentage, bottom 6% in baseball. Um, A steal, I mean, I feel like the steals with him will be there at least on some level. You know, it may drop a little bit, high teens, whatever. I do think you'll get some steals. Uh, I don't think he's a very good hitter. 260 career, I guess. Eh, it's okay at this spot, but I don't think he's exciting. Just the type of guy that if you're in this spot, you need a middle infielder that's going to play and run a little bit. He might be your guy, but it. You know, he the stats he gave are interesting because he did most of those last year. He had 285 with 11 home runs and 24 steals, which is close to what he projected but he also asked if 100 runs scored is a real possibility and yeah the OBP and batting average were nice this last year and despite all that he had 61 runs scored and that's because there's a lot of times he's hitting in the bottom of the lineup and I just think it's asking a lot for him to repeat what he did last year I'm I've not been a fan of him over the years as a Cardinal fan I'm just I like him coming up but he's not reached the hopes and expectations I personally had as a fan and now I I don't think I would be banking on it I think it's good, possible that good you, good glove though yes definitely a good second baseman but yeah I, I I don't think I'm drafting him with hopes of a high ceiling I think he's a you're hoping to get 60 70 runs scored RBI with 10 to 10 home runs 20 steals and if you get more than that, take call it a win. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Brooknet Odor, he just had his second season in a row with a sub 300 on base percentage. If he by any chance does that again, is there a chance he could be losing his job at some point this year? They do have Nick Solak kind of waiting in the wings. Man, Odor's a. Odor's a unique one, man. He's uh, he I is unique. Like, yeah, I feel like with Odor, there's about seventy five percent of the community, <clears throat> excuse me, the community just thinks he's awful and is going to get benched soon and whatever. And there's a part of the community that sees value in it, 
Um, I'm kind of in between. I, I'll admit, I don't think he's that good of a player. Like, he doesn't get on base. I mean, 820 career games, 293 OBP career, 240 career average, whatever. But he doesn't walk, strikes out a ton. I mean, he did up his walk rate a little bit last year, 9%. I think that's the highest of his career. Um, but, like, as bad as he was, he had 30 homers and 11 steals. He's projected for 28 and 13 this year. I was going through today uh, at just looking at how many guys are projected for 28 home runs and 13 steals. And I didn't count it out, but I want to say it was like right around a dozen. There's not a lot of them. I'm surprised it's that many. Wait, did you say guys total? Total players, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, and I mean, the main thing here is just do they strip him of his playing time? Yeah. If they if they don't, he's he's a value here. Like I'm pretty certain of it. Uh, on if you just plug in the steamer projections into Fangraphs, he's projected as the twelfth most valuable second baseman, and he's going as the twenty first second baseman. So it really just comes down to how much can you stomach the batting average or the OBP, whatever. I think he's actually worse in an OBP league, but um, it's probably close. You could argue it. But, yeah, there's going to be power and speed as long as he, like I said, as long as he just doesn't get stripped of the playing time. And, I mean, he wa- he wasn't very good last year, so there there is that risk. But I feel like if he – if he's playing, he's uh, he's gonna produce enough to make you happy with this pick. It pick what is it two twenty nine? That's sixteenth round. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, I um, especially in a non draft and hold. I think if you're taking him in a redraft league again, you're getting and you can have him in there. And if it doesn't work out, you can just go pick up somebody else late in a draft. I'm all about getting him at that price. I was drafting in a um, Prospect 361 mock draft that they did on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm looking at the board right now. I took him in the 19th round, 20th round of a in, a, in that draft and put him as my middle infielder. And I'll gladly do that, especially if you need some power or speed, because he'll get you all. He could get you 25, 30 home runs real easy with double-digit stolen bases. And, yeah, you might get a 200 batting average, but you also might get a 240, 250 batting average. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's not that bad. That's the thing, that batting average is fluky enough that he could hit 240, 250, like you said. And then it looks a lot better. I, I think it's a good guy – to get as your middle infielder if you have, say, like Jose Altuve mm-hmm. or um, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of anybody at second or short with, uh, you know, that's projected to really help in batting average Xander Bogarts or something like that, you know um, you just got to be aware of what he will do to your batting average though like yes. you don't want, you don't want to have multiple guys like that in your lineup, you know, like Joey Gallo and Rugnetto Door or something like that. I mean, because it it'll just it'll tank your average really quick. <laughs> but if you're paying attention to it, you know, and uh, just aware of that, I mean, I think he can help you. Other than that, so there is there is risk though. I think that he loses his job outright. I do think it's possible for sure. So probably more than probably more than the other guys in this range, honestly. So Cesar Hernandez, I do kind of find him interesting, like we said before, in terms of going to the Indians. He's should have a path to playing time and he did disappoint this last year a little bit. That's why the Phillies just threw him back after hitting fifteen home runs and nineteen steals the year before. He had fourteen home runs and nine steals and Batting average was 279 with a 
but the OBP dropped after double digits and walks. It was down to 6.7%. But I kind of like this grab and like the idea of him going to the Indians. I'm pulling up roster resource right now. He is scheduled, slated to hit sixth for them. I wouldn't mind taking him if I really waited even longer on on middle infield. Yeah, yeah, not too much to add. I, I've i always kind of felt like Cesar Hernandez is underrated in fantasy just because he gives you a, a little bit of everything, doesn't kill you like anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not going to give you a ton of home runs, but you can get power elsewhere. It gives you a little bit of speed and doesn't hurt your batting average. I mean, he's a 277 career hitter. Yeah, I don't. Really love the uh, the landing spot with Cleveland. I, I don't I don't know if he's going to get anywhere near the top of that lineup, but it's all right. I mean, we're we're at whatever pick two fifty two seventy seven. So some of that was probably before he signed, but yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with Caesar here. If you need a middle infielder, yep. Well, let's see if you like any of these next five. Uh, 26 through 30, I've got Starlin Castro now with the Washington Nationals as 26th guy off the board. And all these guys are going between picks 280 and 320. 27, Nick Madrigal uh, with the White Sox, who is not, I don't think, is going to be starting the year with the big league team. 28, Tommy LaStella with the Angels, second base and third base eligible. We've already discussed him on the third base podcast. Nico Goodrum with the Tigers is at 29, and Luis Urias with the Brewers is at 30. So of those five or four, I guess we shouldn't count Lestella. We've already talked to him about him. Any of those guys interest you? Uh, I would, yeah, I I think Starlin's going to have a good year. Um, I've never, I mean... It's Starlin Castro. He's not exciting. But in that lineup, he actually had a pretty good season last year. Doesn't walk. But uh, 22 home runs, good average pretty much his whole career. 300, 278, 270 last three years. I think he's steady enough there and uh, should produce for the Nats. And uh, Mad- Madrigal interests me. I mean, I think you, anytime you're around pick 280 and you have a little bit of an unknown that you're pretty certain is going to hit and probably will run, I mean, and I think it has to interest you a little bit, doesn't it? I just he he's an interesting case and i moved him in rotomasters 2 last summer as i started worrying about just the upper body strength and him being able to hit and i i just don't know if i can consider the speed to be good enough for the lack of power that he's going to give i i don't know i'm not a magical guy personally but his bat to ball skills are incredible he's got i mean is there anybody that you would say is better than him with the bat to ball skills? Uh, Juan Soto. <laughs> Maybe. I, 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 uh, oh, come on. Oh, come on. I'm talking about kidding? just uh, contact. His contact percentage, I think, is going to be significantly better than Juan Soto when he comes up. It may not yeah. be good hard contact, but the guy never strikes out. I think there was even a Twitter account made about a year or two ago. Did Madrid all yeah. strike out? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was also in the minor leagues, though, too. Also I mean, true. Yeah, I'm not going to crown him on that yet. But uh, I think the speed is more than what you're leading on. I mean, it's 70-grade speed pretty much. That's what, at least what I'm looking at on fan tra- or on uh, fan graphs right now. And I think he stole 35 bags. I'm 30, looking right now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying that he'll do that, but, I mean, I think he's going to be good in average, probably have some speed. So, I don't know. I, 20 to 25 steals is what I would project for him for a full year. I just, I don't great. think he's, yeah. That's, that's great. I don't know if yeah. I want that with a 
guy who I don't think is going to hit five home runs. That's that's where I think. What I just, if what if he's hitting two eighty? And you're, you're keep in mind your dra- Brett pick two eighty too. Yeah, that's fair. Taking you know, him this year and looking at the names around him, I'm totally fine with that. I guess I'm okay with that, but I don't think this is a guy I'm going to be ex- excited about as he's coming up. I just I do. I, I do agree with you. Like it's hard to roster or regularly play a guy that hits five home runs. Yes, I mean it's just it is. It's tough, and I agree with you, especially in today's game. You know, yeah, and I agree with you. These guys around him, it's not like you're sitting there saying, "Oh, I'm definitely taking one of these other guys." I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I don't want any of them. I guess is what I'm really saying. I'm not too big on. I I find Lestella a little interesting and Starlin Castro, but again, you're talking about a limited ceiling with those guys. Lestella was really good in that first half, but uh, now with the signing of Jock Peter or with them trading for Jock Peterson or no, not yeah, Jock Peterson, he's not going to hit at the top of that lineup most likely. What do you think about? Uh, I know there's people who like Goodrum. What do you think about Urias in Milwaukee? Interesting. I mean, I th- I guess, you know, he he really seemed to have changed, had some changes to his swing last year, didn't he? Yeah, he, I think he hit like 20 home runs or something over the course of the year. I know it was PCL stuff, but. Um, 23 in 144 games, I'm looking now. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled it too, yeah. Yeah, 137 WRC plus in the PCL. I mean, that's pretty good. I think that's better than Kyle Tucker hit. Mm-hmm. It is definitely. Actually. I don't remember what Tucker's was, but that's better. Now, yeah. well, I was about to say now he was good with the glove, but I was like, oh, wait, no, he's not good at shortstop. But it, I think he's all right at second. Yeah, he's second baseman, yeah. That's, that's what I'm wondering with him mostly is where are they going to put him on the field if Keston here is at second base? Shortstop because, which is which is t- like that isn't going to work. I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it couldn't work for a game here, a game there, but you don't want Urias as your regular shortstop and Hira as your regular second baseman. They're going to lead the league in errors. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just terrible. So it's I like- think there's that's what I was bringing up about Hira possibly playing some first. I mean, I know you got Smoke and Braun that are probably going to be playing over there, but if they want to get Urias into the lineup, I don't really see how they do it other than that. I mean, you've got Arcia too. I don't think he's holding anybody back, but um, yeah, it's hard to say. I just, I don't really know. Isn't Sogard their third baseman? I know they signed him. Yeah, I think I want to say that they have him at this moment, at least. Oh my gosh, you're right. Slade yeah. is the third baseman. Yeah, and they Hitting don't lead off. Have, yeah, they don't even have Urias in the lineup at the moment, but I think he's going to play some. It's just I just don't think Hura and uh, Urias middle infield will work. So Urias is hurt. That's why they don't have him in the lineup right now. Yeah, he, yeah. he has an injury. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just curious. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he fractured his hand. That's right. Uh-huh. So just he's questionable for ago. the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was when I said I made the comment in the group, like, and it begins or whatever. It was that. Mm-hmm. It was the Urias injury. Because all yeah, the injuries start happening. I mean, Milwaukee's a great park to go hit in. And yeah. if he could get himself regular playing time. But there is the fear that he's just such a butcher on defense and they just decide to keep RC out there. Because they don't want to move either, they don't want to move here at a first, which probably would be the right move. But just they have yeah, so many bats. It's so weird their team. It's almost like they, like they have a good offense, but they don't have like the players are just positioned weird on defense. I don't. It's a fantasy team. It's so it's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, and I think I think it's going to make for bad defense, at least on the infield. I don't know. We'll see, but 
just a feeling I have. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on to the 30s here. Uh, 31, David Fletcher, the Angels positioned position eligibility everywhere. I think we've already talked about him. 32 is Howie Kendrick with the Washington Nationals. We've already discussed him. I remember you saying you're a fan of him. The uh, with he had he had some real good hitting stats that you shared before. Jerks and Profar second base eligible at 33. It's funny as last year he was eligible at every infield position but second, and this year he's second base only. Robinson Cano, my my how the mighty have fallen at 34. Jose Peraza at 35 with the Red Sox, and actually looking like he's going to be their starting second baseman right now. Jonathan Scope at 36. 37's Freddie Galvis, 38's Under Alberto with the Baltimore Orioles. Mauricio Dubon with the Giants is at 39, and as Drupal Cabrera with the Washington Nationals is at 40. I see a few interesting names on this list, list personally. Are there any of these guys targets for you in the mid to late rounds of a like a draft draft and hold? Uh, again, it depends on what I need. Uh, I will probably always be interested in Robinson Cano if he's going at pick 365. And there's no way Jonathan Scope should be going at 377. Do you think part of that's just because he was unsigned? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. uh, I mean... He's got a lot of power. His projection is actually 26 home runs on fan graphs or steamer projection. They probably have changed that since he signed. And he, I mean, he's just, it's one of those guys he's going to play like on Detroit, you know, it's just, he's going to play every day. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty certain that Jonathan Scope will finish higher than this. And I don't even really like Jonathan Scope, but playing time is valuable and he's going to have it. So yeah, I think Peraz, I think Peraz is interesting. If he gets the playing time, these other guys, eh, not so much. You know, Cano had a really rough first half and he finished pretty strong there in the second half of the season, coming back from the injury and in 42 games played. He had a 284 average with nine home runs finished real strong. I, I would definitely give some consideration to him as a middle infielder with my last pick. I'm, I think he. This is just a little too far. I think he belongs with the tier above, personally. But yeah, I like him. I agree with you on scope. The rest of them mostly just guys to me. Peraza's odd. I can't. Uh, I forget that they did just sign Mitch Moreland, so maybe they'll move Chavis over to second base a little bit against right-handers, maybe Peraza gets squeezed out. Uh, maybe they give him a shot if he's not per- and to at least perform at first. What about uh, what about Profar? What do you think? They got him right now. It shows him hitting eighth at second hit and playing second base. I'm just not that interested. But I could. I mean, he was really good the year before last, and I know that he was a guy who. I remember thinking his batting average was weak, but his batting average in balls and play was also really weak and thinking there's room for growth. I just don't understand how a guy has a two fifty seven batting average in balls and play over 1,800 plate appearances now. I guess that's what happens when you have a 44% medium or just a 33% hard contact and a 44 on medium. Man, it's just surprising. Yeah, it's uh Oh, I used to like Jerks and Profar so much. It's so depressing thinking about his career. Just sad. He he's been okay the last couple of years, but nowhere even near what some people expected. Yeah. He was the number one prospect the year after Trout came up. So yep. that's the thing. He had to follow up Mike Trout as the number one prospect after Trout. And yeah, it's just it was it, people even tried saying at the time, it's it's just as much his glove as it is his bat. Because th- he was the number one prospect on non-fantasy lists. I don't know if he was on fantasy lists at that time. but anybody, yeah. looking, anybody looking for a positive, he's 19 of 20 in stolen bases in the last two seasons. 
Wow, that's impressive. I didn't know that. Yeah. We'll just add him to the list with Ozzy Albies. Is if you're stealing it that well, why are you not doing it more? Maybe I guess he picks the spots well. Okay, final group here. I'm going to read off uh, 41 through 50. 41, Chris Taylor. 42, Adam Frazier with the Pittsburgh Pirates. 43, Brenham Rogers. 44, Shed Long, who now it sounds like he's probably going to be a starter. 45, Scooter Jeanette from top 10 to 45th. Kike Hernandez with the Dodgers at 46. Isan Diaz with the Miami at 47. Nicky Lopez at 48. Joey Wendell at 49. And David Bodie at 50. Are any of these guys somebody you're taking a flyer on? trying to come up with one from the list and I'm having trouble. Uh, I'll say Brendan Rogers, just because I can't escape from the Colorado, the mess that is the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. But yeah. I'll, I'll say him. I mean, in this spot, like why not take the shot? Gosh, that that's really late. I, what round is that? Five Oh five. Yeah. You're talking. Right? Yeah. You're talking 35th round. Yeah. Yeah, I would say him. Uh, I think Isan Diaz is good there, too. I mean, he should play. He's, he's uh, projected, I think, to be their starting second baseman. So, What about Shed Long, given he's slated to be a starter? Any interest? He's, he's fine. A little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. Um Obviously, on a team like that, he could hit near the top of the lineup, which may help. But uh, I'm not. I'm not like really excited about him or anything. I, somebody asked me the other day him versus Fran Mill Reyes in a dynasty league. I think it was Fran Mill versus him. If I'm getting my two, I could be getting it mixed up. And really? I, I want to say it was. Now you're making me wonder. That's I, what. Please tell no, me you said Fran Mill. I think I might be getting two different. Questions asked to me mixed up. Oh, okay. I was like, no, that's not even close. <laughs> Actually, it was Fran Mill versus Brennan Rogers in that text, but I think he had asked me about Long before. Somebody else did. It must have been somebody else that asked me about Long. Long versus. Actually, it was Long versus Urias. That's who he was talking about in a dynasty league. So oh, different, okay. Different conversation. And I took Urias just because. I don't yeah, know. I would, when you look at Long, it's not interesting. I don't, there's not much I see that it gets excited about outside of playing time in a draft and hold league if you're just looking for bats. Okay. Um, and I guess we're answering Darren Tesedow's question. He was asking how we like to shed Long in draft and hold formats. And yeah, if you want to get at bats, great. But I don't really feel too great about him beyond that. Just one of those guys to take in the early 30s, 30 rounds, in the 30s. Ah, I cannot talk, but in the 30th round or somewhere afterwards, if you're trying to get something. Yeah, when you get to this spot, if you're in like a draft like that, I mean, I'm not drafting these guys in regular drafts. If you're in this spot, playing time is valuable, and he probably is going to have it, or at least there's a decent chance he does, so... I don't mind it. If, if, personally, for me, if I'm looking for playing time out of this group, I'm probably going to Ice and Diaz. But um, yeah, I could I could see the argument for some other ones. It's kind of just pick your guy and go with it. What about guys after round fifty? Because as I go down the list, there are names I see that I'm like, okay, I could see taking them in a draft and hold. We got Franklin Barreto, Eric Brian Dozier, Eric Sotogard. And if, since we're saying Pareto, we got to mention uh, Jorge Mateo also. I think he's out of options. Him and Pareto both are. So somebody yeah. might, one of those two seems like they're going to get that second get, second base. Yeah, game. I will say that I am extremely interested this in spring training as to what goes on with the Oakland second base situation. I'm not saying that it's going to be this huge thing where you're going to have some kind of stud, but I think that there's a pretty decent chance 
that it's going to be Barreto or Mateo. And considering what they cost now, I think either could be interesting with the job. I mean, they're both, they, they don't cost anything, you know? And no, I, they don't. I lean to root to Mateo just because of the speed. I think it's more fantasy friendly. But even if it is Barreto, either one, I mean, right now they, it shows Tony Kemp on roster resource. But obviously, either one of them could win the job over him. So I'm just curious to see how that shakes out in spring training. And I, I think it's, I think it's kind of wide open, honestly. So agreed. It's whoever but, has yeah. a good spring. If right. I should say, if Matteo Barreto does, and if neither one of them impresses, maybe Fran, uh, not France, but T- Tony Kemp gets that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. And I just think when you consider their cost um, in redraft, which is nothing. I mean, in a standard draft, especially, it's nothing. Uh, it could could pay off as something where it's like, Oh, I want to pick that guy up or, you know, like if you're, if you drafted your a redraft, you know, just regular 30 round draft right now, 15 teams, Barreto and Mateo probably aren't getting picked. But once you go through spring training and they announce the winner of that job, they're getting picked up. Whoever mm-hmm. won the job. Yep. So just, I just think it's interesting is all I'm saying. But it's not somebody you're probably drafting unless it's a late rounds of a draft and hold. Yep. It'll, it'll be interesting because, yeah, Barreto and Mateo both have tools. It's just a can they can they hit and can they get the playing time? If yeah. one of those – if they can do both those, they could be interesting. Okay, well, let's take a break. And we got a few last questions that have been asked to us, and we'll close the show out here in just a moment. Okay, we're back and we'll finish off with a couple questions here that were asked. And Ryan Andrew asked the first one. Out of all the players who currently do not have second base eligibility, who do you think will get it at some point this year and help owners at this weak position? And it is weak and it possibly could be weaker as we've got guys, I think, that are going to lose eligibility this year. Like I said before, Glaber Torres is one. Jonathan VR might. So we got a couple guys in the top 10 that could lose it. Whit Merrifield wouldn't shock me if he lost it this year. So Andrew, I I thought of one the other day when I was thinking about this, the obvious one was Nick Solak to me because he's utility only right now. And he might get second base and third base eligibility by the end of this year. But the other one I thought of was Nick Senzel, but I think that's a long shot. Did you have any that you thought of? Uh, I think you mentioned Keyboom too, right? Yeah, I didn't say it here, but yeah, that was one of those. Yeah, he makes sense. He could he could work his way in there. I mean, I think, yeah, there. it's not definitive where he's going to play. So yeah, he could yeah. be one. Yeah, going down a little further, like Nico Horner, Jorge Mateo, those guys could. I mean, they're late round picks anyways. Uh, Scott. Yeah, Kingery, Nico Horner. Yeah, Scott Kingery, I think, could if, like, Segura got hurt. I mean, they're going to move him around anyway. So, but, yeah, Solek was, I think, probably the best one there. So. Yeah. Yeah, Solek's got a real good shot. I mean, if things don't go well for Odor and he's got a bad OBP and they sit him, I think Solak's the main guy who probably would take advantage of that. And I've read some stuff about him that he does not – profile well at third base defensively to where he seems like he'd be more fit to be either in the outfield or probably best case would be second base for him. Uh, final question. Jared LaRiviere asked what prospects not named Madrigal should we target in drafts? And I'm assuming he means redraft here. Andrew, do you have any others? I, I guess the, your, I would assume your best guess would be Jorge Mateo. Is that right? Yeah, I actually looked at 
I actually looked at this and I couldn't even really come up with one. I mean, are we counting Brendan Rodgers? Are we counting Mauricio Dubon? Guys have already um, played a little bit. Yeah. And then Mateo. I mean, if he's obviously he might not even win the job, so it's hard to say. But no, I think Madrigal's kind of in his own. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're not like really talking about Gavin Lux here, you know, even though he's a prospect. <laughs> yes. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I think Madrigal's kind of in his own group as far as it, this, uh, this question goes. I don't really I think Rogers counts. The reason I'll say that's if he's healthy this year, just in April to start the season, I think he's still starting in the minors. I don't think he's starting the year with the big team, big, big club, just because they've got so many others already. I think they, they're going to have him down there proving his shoulders okay with that torn yeah. labrum, I think it was. But I'm not taking Rodgers at the same point of last year where I was taking him in mid-20s. I think, he, I think I would want to get more aggressive on him in the 30s as compared to the 20s. So Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Okay. Well, that wraps up second base. And next week we're going to get back and do shortstop. Did but, you want to do the? Did you want to do the guys we're most likely to draft? Or? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. I for, I completely missed that in the notes, and that definitely <laughs> you miss it every time. I I don't know why I just missed that as I'm reading down. So yes, okay. Uh, who are the second basemen you're most likely to draft, Andrew? Uh, definitely Ozzy Albies. Uh, I guess Mustakis if we're. I don't. He counts. I don't even. Really, yeah, <clears throat> I don't even. I'll say Hira too. I could. I could see myself drafting Hira. I could see myself even drafting Altuve. I do like the top five, like you said. I mean, even though I kind of crapped a little bit on VR, I still would take him. I think if it was the right spot. So any of those top guys, uh, Mustakis, Edmund, Hampson, Newman. And for a late one, I'll go with Cano. And Unfortunately, I think we're going to have a lot of the same because, yeah, Albies and Hero would be my top two. I keep taking them in all these drafts. And, yeah, I'm with you on the others. I like Cano. I think if I waited, I'd feel okay taking McMahon. It's not exciting, but just as a, you know, guy to take later that you're just taking a floor guy. But even then, I don't know how great I'd feel about it because if McMahon struggles, they could easily just do the same thing to him. But I yeah. think he's I think he's got earned his earned his spot. But I if Hampson blows up and every they they could squeeze him. I wouldn't put it past Colorado. Okay. The second baseman I'm least likely to draft at their ADP. Uh well, I won't use wit because I know you're going to. Um, Eduardo Escobar, I know we didn't talk about him, but I wouldn't do him. Oh, Keto Marte, I mean, we talked about him before. Out of the top five, it'd probably be Glaber just because he goes first, and I just would rather have a couple of the other ones and just would even rather wait for the fifth one than take him at 28. Uh, and I will say, let me think, do one more here. No, you don't want, because if you scroll down too far, it's like, you can't really, uh, I don't have too many actually, because when you get to a certain point, it's like, it's hard to say it's a bad pick. Like I've said before. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think that there's too many that are bad that go, that go high. So. I'm good with most of them. Yep. Like you said, Whit Merrifield's definitely my number one. I've already stated why. And then Gavin Lux, I think, is my number two. Uh, he's definitely my number two, I should say. I'm not taking him in the 11th round. I just don't feel great about it. And I completely forgot when we talked about Lux earlier. I said I was going to try to squeeze a Lux bet out of you. 
And I've got some names here I'm thinking of, and let's see if I can get a bet out of you on one of them. I'm going to start off with Ryan McMahon. Ryan McMahon versus Gavin Lux. Would you rather have Lux or McMahon? Uh, man, that's... I, I would think I would rather have Lux. Okay. Do you want to do a dollars earned on that one? Yeah, that's fine. I don't feel great about it, but that's fine. That a 30, there's a 30-pick difference. I thought there was enough of a gap there that I was going to. Yeah, and that's good. I'll do I'm, gl- I'm glad you did, because if you hadn't, I was going to use Colton Wong next. <laughs> but I don't know how great I feel about that one. But that just shows just how I feel about him. Wow. You really don't like Kevin Lux. I don't. I don't. And I don't know if that that long one might be ill-advised. But McMahon, I definitely would take over Lux. I just, I'll take the guy who I just feel a little better about hitting in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, I can can see McMahon. I I can't see Wong, but... (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we didn't have to get there. I probably would have chipped a little bit before we got there. I don't think I would have jumped straight into Wong. I would have tried Newman next because I think I'm taking Newman over him. It's just a, yeah. Okay, well, we got a bet, and we almost went a whole show without it, or we went almost went a whole position without making a bet, so we at least got one. And I'll have to remember to write that down now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Let's just finish off talking. We're both got news that we're going to be in the great fantasy baseball invitational, as they call it, TGFBI. Justin Mason sets this up, and a lot of people who work in baseball media, I don't know exactly if they call them industry folk, but you can apply to get in this. And this is your second season in a row of being in. You took over for a guy who disappeared late in the year late right as drafts were starting last year so this will be your second entry and this is my first one and uh, tell us about the league you're in who, who are the guys you're in with uh i'm in with jeff erickson eric cross Ooh. uh nick, nick pollock from pitcher list uh scott white from cbs so yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's it'll be fun. It'll be good. Yeah, that is a lot of fun names right there. Eric Cross, he does a lot of great work and posts a lot of it in Baseball Three Sixty Five. Enjoy that, but yeah, there's a lot of recognizable names there. I recognize. Yeah, there's there's other ones too. I'm just forgetting them off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah, it's it'll be fun. Jeff Erickson is right now. They actually they finished. The what is what was this labor draft going yeah. on tonight? Yeah, He's labor. In, we've been following it because our good friend Tim McLeod is in that draft, and I actually really like the team he drafted early on. We were talking about that before. As for me, I've got a couple guys in here. The biggest name from ESPN, Eric Carabell, is going to be in there. I kind of find that neat that I'll be in a league with him and Prospects three sixty five. They've just started launching a podcast recently and I'm going to be in there with them and a couple other names that I recognize, at least I've seen before. I'm, I'm not as good at following all the people as you are, Andrew. I think you read more and see more of the work out there, but I'm just excited to be a part of this. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It'll the, be, it'll it's be just good. another draft for us to do this month. <laughs> yeah. Cause we need more. <laughs> yes. We need more. I'm, supposed to have an auction league starting in three days and i still haven't i don't think i've paid my dues or even made sure that everybody else has and i'm running the league so i need to get on that when's your first draft again when do you start the rotomasters one sub draft starts on sunday oh my gosh i didn't realize that was coming up that soon and once that starts It'll be like pushing the first domino into like a million dominoes that all fall down. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's exciting. I'm I'm kind of glad that I haven't been going too nuts here uh, for the last month with drafts because it's about to get totally nuts. So looking yes. forward looking forward to it, and it's a great day 
because I am holding my Baseball America prospect handbook. That is a great day. What what number is this in a row for you? Nine. Nine books. I saw your picture yep. you posted on 365 earlier. I love it, man. It's I look forward every year to getting that book, so glad I got it. Glad I got it in advance of my subdrafts, but it's just a good book. Anybody out there that doesn't get it, that likes prospects, I highly recommend it. They go 30 deep in every system, so it's good stuff. You and I have been tracking our books. That's how excited we've been getting tracking shipment or yeah. like notifications to see that it's shipped and where it's at. Yeah. That just tells you how much we enjoy that book. This is only my second in a row getting year in a row of getting it, but yes, I think it'll be for it'll go, it'll be a long time before I don't order that book again. The book hmm who lasts longer, the baseball America book or me living? Cuz I think that's probably <laughs> Gonna I, I think I got money on the Baseball America book li- outlasting me, but who knows? Actually, with the day day and ages were with the ages we're in, maybe there's not a book and it's a PDF here in a few years. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right, man. Well, that wraps up our second base. I think we had two good episodes there, and we got one more infield position to do, and then pitching, and we're done. We're getting close. Yep, shortstop and then probably starters, relievers, or vice versa. But we'll and we'll have uh, utility, like util only guys like Jordan and Cruz. Those guys in probably with the relievers because that'll be a shorter one. So, well, we think it will be the way we go. The way we go on, who knows? But hope we everybody, went quick hope on everybody's last enjoying year. it. Yeah. And only other thing to add, as these subdrafts are getting started, Andrew is going to be keeping tabs on, I think, five or six different subdrafts that go on, first-year player drafts in the next month. And I think at the end of this month, as soon as they're all done, we're going to get a podcast out around that time with some first-year player draft ADP from those drafts, and we'll give you some info on our thoughts on the players going. And Andrew and I yet have to talk to each other about any of this because we're in Roto Masters 2 together, and we we're going to be drafting against each other in the near future. So, as far as Andrew knows, I like so and so number one, and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be, uh, it's right around the corner. So, I think we're both looking forward to just being able to talk about these guys. Yeah, yeah, there'll be kind of, there'll be a lot to talk about. There's that's for sure. That is for sure. All right, any final words before we get out of here? Nope, that's it. Okay, well, that wraps up another position. And thank you guys for listening, and take care, everybody. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year.